Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for joining us on Community Focus this morning, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. It's kind of an ongoing discussion around who is responsible for certain areas of kids' education, particularly when it comes to basic etiquette, ethics, and life skills. Some people say it starts at home with the family. Some say it's the teacher's responsibility. And fortunately, in those places where neither takes on the job, we have an organization that fills that gap. It's Embrace Girls Foundation, and I am so happy to welcome the founder, Velma Lawrence. Good to have you on Community Focus. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you so much. That's a great introduction. Well, it's the truth. You really do fill in the gap for girls who don't have a role model and may not have someone who's telling them the best way to get through life. And I I did get to see it firsthand. We had a very special day here at Cox Media Group a month ago where you brought in a group of your girls and you had judges, police officers, a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and they were able to learn about the law and order system. So let's start with how you came to be in charge of Embrace Girls and what your goal is, and then we'll come back to the rest of it. Thank you. So 22 years ago, the Embrace Girls Foundation was established, and it really was just a thought. It was, I grew up in Liberty City in Miami, Florida. And I cannot remember, Ellen, a beauty queen, a news anchor, a reporter, a doctor, a lawyer coming to my school and speaking to the students. I just can't remember that. If it happened, you know, pardon me, but I can't remember that. What I do remember is Fritz the Big Red Dog, he came to our school and talked about safety. And so, you know, as I progressed in my career in, in business, I just kept thinking that I wanted to, it wasn't called mentoring back then. It was just, you know, I just wanted to go back and speak to my elementary school. So I contacted the principal at Poinciana Park Elementary, which is my alma mater. And, you know, her name is Dr. Clark. She's since retired. And so she was very excited about what I was proposing. I was in the media business at the time, and I had a lot of girlfriends that were either reporters or producers or anchors. And I just thought that if I could gather a group of us to go over and just talk for a day or for a week or whatever, you know, to make contact and engage, we had something to offer. And so sure enough, she scheduled us to come over on a Thursday. We were going to do it for six weeks. On a Thursday, she asked, who do you want to serve? Initially, she targeted the girls. And when she told me the girls that she targeted and why, I wanted to do it differently. And what I proposed was to not only target those girls that, you know, they say at risk. I hate that term. And I'll just say that out front because, you know, I think everybody in the world at this juncture is at risk. So So (laughs) she had a certain group of girls she wanted to target. And I sort of, you know, changed it. What I wanted to do was, yes, I wanted to speak with the girls that were in foster care. Yes, I wanted to speak to the girls that probably were being raised by a single parent and or a grandparent. 
Yes, I wanted to speak to the girls who had low self-esteem. Yeah. I wanted to speak to the girls that were bullies. And I wanted to speak to the girls who were being bullied. And then I also wanted in the room girls that were high performers, that were doing really well academically and socially. So we had a combination of girls. I think she gathered about 18 girls for us to meet with. We didn't have a formal place to meet. We met under a tree on campus. We brought over blankets and snacks. And those little girls sat there and we just talked to them. Ellen, the next Thursday when we arrived, we had over 35 girls (laughs) waiting for us. And we didn't even have enough snacks. And I was like, oh, my God, we're on to something. And so that evolved into every week they were coming. And then teachers began to approach us and tell us, hey, this girl is either doing really well or this girl is not coming to school. She only comes to school consistently on a Thursday when there is an Embrace Girls Day. And what we were also realizing is even if they were not in school on that Thursday, they came to after school to the program. Wow. So the teachers started to realize, hey, listen, you know, you need to do a little bit more because this one has, you know, they would report that another girl might have academic issues. And so we met and we thought, okay, we need to take this to the next level. And so they gave us a classroom. We hired teachers. And so we began to meet formally every week. And then we realized that academically they needed more than that. So we hired additional teachers and started a weekly program where every single day after school, when that bell rang, they came to us. And the priority was to sit down, get your snack, start your homework. The homework is completed. It's then checked. It is corrected. And then it goes back into your backpack. And your responsibility is the next morning to turn it in. And then we have time on a Wednesday because there's early release. We can do our social skills training. And then it evolved from that school to another school needing the services. And we're on and on and on to about 12 schools now. And how do you select the girls or is it the teachers who choose the girls that will be part of the program? So remember, when we go into a school, I know no one. All I know is the principal when I first go into a school. So the principal or the school district will contact us. And they'll ask, could we come to their school? And we sort of negotiate how, whether there's funding or whatever. And so when we get there, we don't know anyone. So all we know is the principal. We ask that that principal has the liaison to work with us to coordinate the efforts and a teacher. The principal and her counselor and her team, they identify the girls. And we also want those girls that are most at risk academically. So if they're having academic issues, because the goal is to get them first enjoying the learning process and then move them from that grade that they're in to the next grade, because you can have all the social skills in the world, but if you're not passing those tests, that's a problem. So academics is the most important thing. So we want those girls and second and third grade girls are the key. If we can get those girls that are failing academically, and we could assist them in understanding the process of what they're learning and giving them the confidence that they need to ask questions and engage in the classroom. And then we throw in the social skills. So that's how that process works. How are you finding the changes in the girls? 22 years now, so you've seen a lot of success, obviously, mm-hmm. and now expanding the schools also. That speaks to the success of what you're doing. But what is it like for you to see a girl who starts out as someone who's having struggles academically and maybe has some self-esteem issues or is being bullied? And when you watch their growth, what is that process like? You know what, Ellen? You can see it. Certainly the first week 
that we make contact, they understand we're very structured. And sometimes, you know, I and I, I'm going to say it, I get criticized for it because you know, nobody likes structure all the time. And we are like sort of little bitty military yeah, right. because we have a certain standard. And that's the first thing we'll tell the girls. Girls, you're not better than any other girl in this school. You're just being taught better. You have better skills because you have this program to show you certain things. Your responsibility is to behave in the manner in which you're being taught and to be kind and pass your teachings on to other girls that can't get in the program right now. So when they start in the program, we have a parent meeting because we want parents to understand this is what you're about to be involved in. If we advise you that we're having a field trip on a certain day and you have a deadline to RSVP, if that deadline passes and you have not RSVP, you're not going anywhere. I don't want to hear all that other nonsense about whatever happened and whatever. You're not going anywhere. You just you don't call because you did not timely RSVP. When you do RSVP and it's time for that bus to leave, if we have an 8 a.m. call and we leave from a certain place at 8 a.m., we expect you on the bus sitting down at 8 a.m. because the wheels start rolling at 8 a.m. You don't start calling teachers or calling me saying you're on your way or whatever. Nope, we leave at that hour. So what does that tell you? We leave at 8 a.m., you leave it waiting for us at 7.30. So they're learning personal responsibility along with the homework help and improving their academic skills. And then there's the etiquette that I know you work with. And when you brought the girls in for the Embrace Girls Law and Order Day, I got to tell you, I walked into the room and we had, what, about 50 girls, I believe. Mm -hmm. And what was the age range? About 8 to 16? You're absolutely correct, yes. Okay. And they were so beautiful. And the way they listened to you and everything you said, they were completely focused in. And at the moments they got distracted, all you had to do was go, hey, 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 over here. You raised your hand and boom. They were right back with you, and it was an amazing, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Um, <laughs> well, that's that military stuff coming in. Uh, yeah. And that's because they walk into a room, and they have to smell good, sound good, and look good. So we have a thing about their hair being pulled up in a bun. If it's too short, okay, we'll work that out, and we'll create another style for you. But you have to look the part. You know, you can't just get on a, one of our buses looking like you just woke up and rolled out of bed and you're going to show up. No, 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 no. Here again, we have those standards. And the reason we're invited to all these special places, the reason we have so much exposure and so many opportunities is because we roll out that way. When a child is in our program, they don't pay for anything. So obviously funding is necessary for us. And so that's why there is no excuse. If you're in the program, you know, you put on that green shirt and whatever attire that's needed, whether it's a bow, even if we have to hire someone to do their hair, we will do it. There's no excuse not to participate. Show up on time and show up prepared. That's all we ask for. Don't tell me I don't have the proper color pants. I don't have shoes. We will go and get them. And on the occasion, and there have been a few, that a kid comes not prepared, Ellen, we'll stop that bus at a mall, Walmart, Target, and get what that child needs because it's not that child's fault sometimes that they did not show up prepared. You know, you, you have to understand we're dealing with girls that have a lot of different issues going on in their home. And so... If they show up and they're on time, not a problem. I'll be late because I have to stop to get right. them straight. 
So now when you brought them in for Law and Order Day, you know, you talk about Mm -hmm. the challenges they face in their home. What was your thinking in bringing them to police officers, judges, prosecuting attorneys, defense attorneys to learn what they do? Thank you for asking that question, because we used to get a lot of invitations to, oh, you should bring them to the jail. And I'm thinking, (laughs) why am I bringing my girls to the jail? That's not a field trip. What is wrong with you? (laughs) We're not going to the jail. We're not doing scared straight. (laughs) (laughs) No. So a couple of reasons inspired that event. We have a lot of judges on our board. We have a lot of attorneys that we partner with as well. And the biggest thing that inspired that day is I wanted them to understand their rights as a child. They still have rights. And I wanted them to understand the legal process and that there is a process. And it all starts with there's a rule and a law. Laws are rules and you have to follow them and how that works out. And their attitude could change their trajectory in life. And so I wanted them to understand what their rights are as well, because I can recall three different occasions where we were brought in to advocate for a child, not even in our program, a girl, because an issue happened in school. And I'm going to say this. One girl was allegedly sexually assaulted in school. Mm. And so she reported it and I sat down and spoke to personnel at the school and law enforcement. And when the mother contacted us through someone else and we began the investigation through our investigators, we realized that there was a serious problem there because the child had sat down and spoken to adults without her parent and without an attorney. And it was it was a mess. And so I just it stayed with me and she didn't know her rights. She was afraid. She thought she had to talk to them. And so that's why, Ellen, remember, I love that girl, Renee Gordon, that was with them because she immediately said to one of the girls who asked the question, why is it okay for the police to lie to someone and they don't get in trouble? But if we lie to someone, we'll get in trouble. And so they remember they immediately said, oh, well, no, we could say something untrue if it's an ongoing investigation. But a child doesn't understand that she or he still has the right respectfully to say, please, I respect the process, but I don't want to speak to you. I would prefer my mom to come, my dad, my grandmother, whomever takes care of them or ask for an attorney. They can do that. And And they didn't know that. They didn't know that. And so I didn't want them to get jammed up in the criminal justice system just because they sat there and got jammed up. That's the way I want to put it, got jammed up. And so that's why that was important for them to have all of those people, a defense attorney, a prosecutor, prosecutor, she's going to put or he's going to put you in jail. That's what their job is. Defense attorneys trying to keep you out of jail. A judge is going to make a decision about whatever. Police officers, one officer said something, an officer said, I could change your life with the stroke of my pen. Yeah. That was horrifying for me. It's true. Mm-hmm. But wasn't that horrifying for you to understand that you could do that to someone and at, say it? And at the same time, when the defense attorney was saying, you need to remember that because if you're driving and you get pulled over by a police officer, you don't want to be giving them sass. 
And I, right. I remember that verbatim because it was such an important lesson. And what I also loved was how you reflected on the panel, the girls in the group, and they were black, white, Hispanic. It was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every color under the sun. Multiracial, yes. Absolutely. And the panel reflected that. And what really struck me was when they asked the girls if they knew anyone who had been arrested Almost 100% raised their hands. 100% did. 100% did. Okay. Yes. So certainly we see that their living conditions and the circumstances around them are not the same as everyone else's. Absolutely. And too, Ellen, what I also liked about that was I wanted them to understand that you must respect authority. If your teacher asks you to do something, do it. Why are you fighting with your teacher? Why is your mother or parent coming out to a school fighting with the teacher? Don't you know that that teacher has all the control in that room? So why would you get on the bad side of a, a teacher or a principal for that matter? Moreover, why are you fighting or your parent or whomever arguing with the law enforcement officer? You have no control in that moment. What did that woman see on that stage? With the stroke of my pen, I could change your life. So my whole point was this. If a police officer stops you, and I say this to them often, and I know that they're babies, but I want this in their head. You don't argue. Even if it's school board police and you're at school and that officer tells you don't go over there or sit over here or whatever, you don't sass them back and have an attitude. I'm going to call my mom, all that foolishness. No, you do what you're asked to do. Now, if you have a problem with it, you can go home and report it to your parent. Let the parent schedule an appointment, go and see the principal, and then you deal with that. But you don't argue back and forth with law enforcement. If your parent gets stopped on the street just for a minor traffic violation, whatever, and they roll down the window, driver's license and insurance. And if someone in the car, listeners, you all are out there, the first thing you start doing is, well, why did you stop me? And what's your badge number? Ah, call your sergeant. You're not going to have a good day. Yeah. It's not going to end well for you. You know, follow the directions. Yes, officer. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, officer. And, and move on. But when there's an altercation between you and an officer or anybody of authority, uh, you don't necessarily end, it, it ends well for you. And I wanted them to also not be afraid of the police because we had done a, a poll with them and we asked, if the police stopped you, you know, what would you do? Many of them said they would run. And I'm like, well, what are you running for? If you didn't do anything, even if you did do something, don't run. It makes it worse. Right. So, you know, these things that they, they've not been taught, they don't understand the process. Well, I, and that's why it was important. I would imagine the lesson that they learn before they're learning from people who can tell them the truth is fear. There's so many stories about people who run and they get shot and they're mm-hmm. afraid that they're going to get shot. So I totally understand why they would think they should run. But they also need to know that they're better off staying and going through the process. And we- being respectful first. You got to be respectful. You have to start there. Let me tell you something. If you're not respecting, and this is what we talk to our parents about, if you allow your child to tell you to shut up, If you allow your child to sass back at you, if you allow your child to ignore your commands and what is needed to do in the home, if you allow your child to disrespect you, what do you think that child is going to do when she goes into school or he goes into school? He's going to disrespect the teacher, disrespect the police officer, disrespect the principal. So So there has to be boundaries and they have to understand you will not. That parent who's in this program will not come up to that school and get into an altercation with a teacher or a principal, not in this program. Yeah. There's a process. You can make a call, you schedule an appointment, you sit there civilly, and you interact. 
And it's great that the parents have to become involved and follow the same rules. And now it's going to spread through the whole family. And it, it does. will spread and it to does. their friends. Yeah, there's a whole domino effect. And I know on Thanksgiving Day, you gave them a completely different experience where you worked with feeding the homeless. Let's talk about that. So the program is all about service before self. So you may not be wealthy or have a lot of money or have much money at all, but money does not substitute being kind and being of service. And so we feel like if you have been blessed with being in this program and there is no cost to you or your family, you have to be of service. So about four years ago, we started doing little projects and now it's evolved into when there's a disaster that happens in the world and we can help out, we find a way to help. When Ian happened, uh, we partnered with Interiors by Stephen G and went up to the West Coast and donated and helped with Interiors by Stephen G. We went over to the Global Empowerment Mission, and I'm very proud of this. So Ian hit, I think, on a Wednesday or Thursday. By that Saturday, we were at Global Empowerment Mission with a group of girls and parents, and we were packing supplies to go into trucks that were leaving that very same day to go up to the West Coast to serve those people there. And we were told by Global Empowerment Mission, Vivian over there, Vivian Dude, that our service that day, we packed more pallets than any other organization or group that had been there in their, I don't know how many year history. So I think it was over 30 pallets that we packed in. We were there for three or three, four hours. And we packed a ton of pallets to go out to the West Coast to assist those people the same day. And that's why I really wanted to be there. I know that there are several other entities that were working on that disaster, but I like the fact that we can get in. And we saw that our donations were leaving. Literally, they were putting them on these machines onto the truck and the trucks were rolling off as we were standing there. So we did that. And then for the last three years, We've been doing a campaign called Rollout, and that's where we partner with law enforcement agencies to provide meals for the homeless. I just felt like we wanted to serve the least, the very least of these. So the homeless people, they don't have access to anything. They're just on the street. And so we can't approach them directly. So we partner with the uh, Miami Gardens Police Department, Opelaka Police Department, North Miami, North Miami Beach, and Miami-Dade Police Departments. They came out, and they've been coming out to initially just pick up the meals. We partnered with a catering company, Barbecue Rib Shack, and they prepared the food. I mean, we had a full meal, everything that you could imagine for the holiday, traditional Latin and Caribbean menu. And so they come out, they pick up the food, and then they roll out. As they're leaving, they turn on their sirens and they roll out into their communities and they go under expressways, on bus benches, in alleyways and deliver not only the food, but personal hygiene kits, socks and other toiletries that they need. We get all these big donations and the girls, we meet up and the girls sort all these little packages together. And so then they take those out into the community and hand deliver them to the homeless. So previous to this year, the officers would normally come in, pick up the items and leave. And last year, though, I noticed that they wanted to eat. (laughs) I was like, wow, I've never thought about that. (laughs) So we gave them food, but they were standing like standing around eating or take, you know, the meals to their cars. Because it's not a sit down restaurant. 
So this year we had an opportunity to partner with Nomi Village. It's a new entertainment and open air. Right, in North Miami. Venue. Sure. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Yeah. So we partnered with them and we set up a restaurant setting where the officers came in, they sat down, they had a full course How nice. brunch. After they finished their brunch, we had all the bags packed up and ready for them to go. They got to their cars. They lined up their cars, Ellen, and then they turned on their sirens and rolled out wow. into their communities. Good. That is so special. That is just so special. I've got the chills. But what is it like for the girls? Are they able to make the connection that we're packing these bags for people yes. who have oh, yes. nothing? Oh, yes. They understand. They do understand very well that we have to be of service, that you cannot be a taker. You just can't be in this program or anywhere in life and just, you know, take and get everything. You know what we're doing for this Christmas? We're going to do a Christmas celebration for them. But they are going to be requested not to send me or our team a Christmas wish list. They're going to be asked to send us a Christmas do list. What do you plan to do? I love it. For someone this holiday. So we're just very passionate about the work that we do and we see the impact day to day. You can see it within the first week. You can see a little girl sit up straight the first week when we talk about what our standards are. You don't sit like that. You sit like this. When someone's standing before you, we expect your eyes focused. And you saw that. Your eyes need to be focused on that person. You don't look around. You don't talk focus and be prepared to ask questions. Everybody in this room needs to ask a question. Everybody should be engaged. Get in the game. Raise your hand. Think about the question. Think about who asked the question before you so you're not repeating the question. So they need to be in thought and in the moment. And you saw that very well reflected when they rolled into that room. They came in, they sat. It was nobody running around, moving around, fidgeting. They understand. Nope. So they were all taking notes. They all had their little notepads. How about that? Yep, they, they wanted were. to bring that knowledge home with them. And what do you do when you find girls who are not going to a school that you're partnered with and they want to be part of Embrace Girls? So, uh, you know what, Ellen? We do accept girls from anywhere. Whomever wants to be a part of the program. I understand that they can't get to our school for the daily services, but you know we do camps. We do field trips quite often. Three or four times we're on the road with them doing something or doing special activities. We meet on Saturdays. We meet on Sundays. So there is an opportunity. All they need to do is go to our website at embracegirlpower.org. There's a sign up. They answer those questions. We'll get back with them and explain to them what the process is. If they're interested, we send out an application. And then once they get that application and we get them logged into our system, they get notices about what we're doing. And they can jump in at any time. And what I also like that we just started is even if that girl can't come to the day-to-day after-school program for academics, we've set up a Zoom hotline so that they can Zoom in and we can help them from home. That's uh, where they are with their homework. <laughs> so so great. we've had to evolve into that only because of the growth. We have to grow and we right. want to expand out and be able to serve. So, yeah, that's occurring as we speak. That is wonderful. And part of what will enable you to grow, aside from the outstanding performance and the results, is 
help from the community. And mm-hmm. that's why one week from today, Jeffrey Osborne is doing a benefit concert on behalf of Embrace Girls Foundation. <laughs> yes. Now, he's already done this once, and it was so successful. You invited him back. People raved, raved. They were like swooning over Jeffrey Osborne. Um, so you're back at the casino at Dania Beach again, correct? Correct. So what happened with that is... I think the year that the pandemic hit, we had just wrapped up Africa Umoja, a South African-based theatrical musical about the history of Mandela, Martin Luther King, and, and South Africa. We were at the Miramar Cultural Arts Center for two or three weeks there with a very successful run. It ended in February. And then the two days before we put the 33 member cast on the plane to go back to South Africa, Two days later, everything was shut down. Right. Ellen. Yes, I remember. The world shut down two days later. And so everything was, you know, we went through the pandemic. And then just as we were easing out, I knew that we couldn't bring the production back right away because, you know, we couldn't. But as things started to ease out and open up, I wanted to do something, you know, on a smaller level. And I thought if we could do that beast of a production, we certainly could do one act person coming in quick and, and hit it. So that's what we did. We reached out to Jeffrey Osborne team. They We brought him in and he only performed to tracks because the world wasn't moving around. It was a simple, pro, simple. We only had half of the auditorium because of the seating, mm-hmm. but we sold out right away. Right. And he only sang to track and that went very well. Not even a month later, we were contacted and had the opportunity to bring in Tamala and David Mann. Yes. Sold that out record time. Then we figured, okay, we're on to something here. (laughs) (laughs) And so then in December, we brought in Regina Bell and the Manhattan. And then that went very well. So this June, we brought in The Temptations again. Mm. So all of these are sold out shows. Right. And then everybody kept asking about Jeffrey Osborne. But (laughs) Jeffrey Osborne has a big old band and that was going to be a lot of money. But his wife, really loved the mission. And so they reached out to us and said, you know, listen, you you mentioned that you wanted us to come back. You know, let let me know what you're thinking. So we began talking and sure enough, he said, I'm coming. Give me a date. I'm coming. And so he's coming back December 4th with his full band. It's going to be. Ellen, it's going to be. (laughs) I am so excited about this show. I am just excited because to do the track, when he was on the stage, he kept saying, he would look down and say, I really wish I had my band. I really wish I had my band. So to have him with his band in his comfort zone, he's really got a special show prepared for us. So I'm really excited about it. Okay. And we're we're sellout bound. I just want you to know if you're listening and you haven't gotten your tickets right now, go to the Dania Beach Casino website and check out if there's tickets still available. If they are, grab them because by Monday, Tuesday, I think we're going to be completely sold out. Okay. Or if it's easier, you can go to our website. We have the event listed right on the homepage. You click on that. It'll take you through. And I believe Interiors by Stephen G is your major sponsor again. So I want to give them a shout out because absolutely so good to you. They have. And you are doing so much for our community. And I'm so happy that people are able to give back because this is just a win-win all the way around. And it is. It what is you're doing is going to impact us for generations to come. So, I believe that. Thank you for... Well, Ellen, I'd like to also thank Cox Media Group Miami for your support because you make it happen. You know, once we announce something and you all began to promote it, it goes extremely 
extremely well for us. And so thank you for your constant support and always being there. And thank you for showing up to the event with the girls. It was so special to see you. And I I saw that, Ellen. You know, I saw that. And I was like, wow, look at your reaction. You know, so dancing with the girls to Alicia Keys. I got the moves. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I am a dancer. I love to dance. So anytime there's an opportunity to dance, I'm up and dancing. And we have our own little special dances and I saw that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And they were we're loving it. Yeah. But it's another way of also bonding. And it's all so positive. I can't say enough about I feel like when they're dancing, they're happy. Oh my gosh. Dancing and and singing. Absolutely. uh absolutely. And doing it with your friends and Uh with adults who are doing it with you. Uh Uh It just opens them up to so many new ideas that, you know, they don't have to be afraid of adults, that adults can have fun too. Absolutely. And so, like I say, Embrace Girls Foundation is doing work that will make a change in our community and it's going to be ongoing and spreading far, wide and deep all the way around. So if anyone has not had a chance to see the work that Embrace Girls Foundation does, please go to embracegirlpower.org. And remember Jeffrey Osborne in concert one week from today to benefit the Embrace Girls Foundation. Velma Lawrence, the best to you, the happiest holidays, and just congratulations on all you do. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, please feel free to email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-S-1-E, at cmg.com. Join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus, and have a wonderful day.